Spring turkey season is upon us, and don't be caught out in the woods without having Onyx Hunt on your phone. One feature Onyx has that is often overlooked for turkey hunting is their recent imagery filter with their elite memberships. This imagery is updated week to week, and it comes in extremely handy, especially when you're trying to find these gobble zones where these turkeys will go out in a high spot on a fresh clear cut and strut around all day long. Actually, I was just looking at on Onyx where, where the timber company just came into Andrew's club and did a very small clear cut along this creek, and I can see the high spots on the topographical map, but also I can see exactly where they mulch, and those are going to be hot spots for finding gobblers, especially mid-morning after they get off their hens, getting up on these little high spots in this fresh, small clear cut along the creek and strutting and gobbling all day long. If you want to give Onyx a try, you can actually download it for free, try it for seven days, and if you decide to purchase, you can use the promo code SOUTHERN and save on your premium and elite memberships. So go into this turkey season, know where you stand with Onyx. Well, guys, we have some exciting news for you from Vortex about their brand new eyewear, their Banshee and Jackal sunglasses. Me and Andrew have had these for a few weeks now, right before the release, and we've been extremely impressed. They're awesome glasses, guys. And listen, if you're needing some new sunglasses, not only do they have the VIP warranty, but they're tough as crap, guys. Uh, Scratch-resistant eyewear, uh, it's extremely important. And also, they have safety features as well. So when you're out shooting at the range, again, these are rated glasses, so you are going to be more than protected when you're at the range. But they also look fantastic when you're out around town. So right now, Vortex has some special pricing on their website, which is vortexoptics.com for the new eyewear. But also, if you use the code SOUTHERN20, you get to save even more on this special pricing for right now at vortexoptics.com. Again, check out the new eyewear from vortexoptics.com and use the promo code SOUTHERN20 to save on their brand new eyewear. If you live in the Gulf Coast region, you need to find yourself at the Eco Wild Expo May 10th through the 12th in Mobile. It is the premier outdoor expo for the Gulf Coast region, and we're going to be there. We're going to have a booth. We're super excited about it. Can't wait to meet you guys that live down there. We absolutely love the Gulf Coast region, so to be a part of this show, we're super excited about. We're going to have past podcast guests there at our booth for you to talk to, guys who are relevant for your area, who you can talk to, you can pick their brain, you can joke with them, laugh with them, tell them your story, whatever you want to do. It's going to be a awesome time. We're already working on some past podcast guests, but hey, if you live in this area and you have a suggestion for someone you want to see at that show, write in and we'll see if we can get them. There's going to be all kinds of exhibitors at the show that are focused on hunting, fishing, conservation, and recreation. There's going to be activities for the whole family there. They got axe throwing, archery. They're going to have our podcast booth. And then for the kids, they got touch tanks, a honeybee exhibition, a raptor show, kids fishing tank, BB gun range, and a butterfly house. So you're going to love it. Your kids are going to love it. It's going to be an awesome time. So head on over to ecowildexpo.com to get more information on the show and to go ahead and grab your tickets. And hey, mark it on your calendar, May 10th through the 12th. Be there. We want to see you and we're excited to talk to you. So we'll see you at the EcoWild Expo this May 10th through the 12th at the Mobile Convention Center in Mobile, Alabama. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to the Southern Outdoorsman Podcast. Make sure you like and subscribe to the podcast. You can check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. If you'd like to support the show, you can go to patreon.com forward slash the Southern Outdoorsman. Now let's get to the episode. Welcome back, guys, to another episode of the Southern Outdoorsman Listener Success Story Turkey Edition. Very excited for this one. This is actually going to be our last listener success story of turkey season as we're heading into deer hunting content come Monday morning. So very, very excited about that, but very excited. Again, saving the best for last. And again, uh, Jeffrey, we got Jeffrey uh, Gestop. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, man, I would see, I would mess it up. Jeffrey, repeat, remind me again. How do you say your last name? Gustafsson. Gustafsson. All right, listen. There we go, guys. Saving the best for last, and also maybe not the most complicated last name, but I can't. I can't talk to save my life. So you're seeing behind the scenes of the podcast right now. But Jeffrey Gustafsson from Alabama on the podcast, uh, and we're gonna talk a little bit about what's kind of helped you be successful this year, and kind of how the podcast has impacted you a little bit as well. But Jeffrey, to kind of kick us off, my man, uh, can you talk about you know how long have you been a listener of the podcast, and also how did you find out about the show? I would say about. Maybe two to three years. Um, and I probably, I think I found it on on Facebook on one of the uh, Alabama deer hunting or public land uh, web- websites. Um, people, you know, where people shared it and um, just just listened to it. You know, um, pretty much. I mean, anytime like I'm heading to go deer hunt or something, I put on some podcasts. Uh, a lot of times when I'm driving to work, uh, I got like a forty minute drive, so I just listen to the podcast on the way to work. Oh yeah, perfect. And let me ask: Have you always been like a podcast listener? Uh, as in, like, have you listened to other podcast shows before us, or was our show like one of the first shows you had ever actually listened to when it comes to podcasts? Yeah, pretty much. I, I, matter of fact, y'all's probably was the first one um, that I that I ran into, and I, I didn't even know how to download really the app. I, my wife had to do it for me, I believe. Basically, how to set up the you know to listen to it. Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Well, let's kind of. I want to dive in a little bit and talk a little bit more about you know what episodes. Since you've been a listener for a little while, what episodes, especially turkey hunting episodes, have really been impactful for you? Um, and maybe any ones that were kind of just like eye opening when it comes to like, hey, I want to try this out. I would I would say the best one for me would be the um, the Scott Ellis one, uh, the two forty, I believe it is, um, about the hide the hen. Mm-hmm. Um, matter of fact, the, the turkey I killed, uh, the first, the first one I killed this year, um, I was actually, I just left work. It was like 12 o'clock and, uh, I was listening to it on the way to hunt and, and it was talking about hide the hen. So whenever I got there, you know, it was a field and, and I set up, you know, basically 40 to 50 yards in the woods. Not usually I'd set up on the field, but it, you know, I figured that hide the hen, um, it's usually what's been messing me up, not using it. So I tried it out, and, and it worked perfectly fine. I mean, it, it brought him in. You know, he'd come across the field and come into – or he stayed in the field on the edge, and he, he finally worked his way in there trying to find the hen, and then that's when I 
Sealed the deal. So let me ask, first off, how long have you been a turkey hunter? I would say I would say actually turkey hunting, I'd say three years. Uh, before then, it was really just go out there, see if I hear one gobble, and then just come back to the house. I wasn't aggressive until I killed my first one, and then then it become a addiction. <laughs> well, let me ask you this. What's kind of been like the struggle for you, you know, over like the last three years or so? Because uh, you were talking about, you know, you normally you would have like sat up right on the edge of the field. Uh, but after listening to that episode with Scott Ellis, um, you know, kind of hide the hen and kind of backing off of that. Is that something that you struggled with a little bit in the past is having turkeys kind of hang up just out of range for you? Yeah, usually one biggest thing that and then patience is a big thing for me um, until, you know, I got that first one and it basically told me to, hey, sit longer, sit longer, you know, uh, after the quick gobbling, still, you know, hang around a little bit longer, you know. Um, but, yeah, the, the hide the hen thing um, was a big thing I think that I was messing up with is, you know, um, basically and just mainly patience is the biggest thing I believe. Well, I want to talk a little bit more about this, especially when it comes to the patients. Uh, but, again, you're talking about, like, hide the hen with Scott Ellis was something that was really impactful for you. Uh, you know, what other things – or was there anything else that Scott actually hit on in his episode uh, that was impactful for you, or was it mostly just that hide the hen? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, everything he said was just, you know, dead on. You know, I've, where I've heard it from buddies that hunt, you know, I mean, just everything he said. I mean, it was just – and there's just – different things like you know even scratching the leaves on the ground i don't know if he was the one that said that uh but he probably did but uh you know stuff like that is works you know help me out where you know just sounding like a hen just scratching you know just different things like that um i feel like i don't know exactly which episode it was but uh just different things like that you know impacted you know you learn something every day by just listening to other people Absolutely. Well, you talk about patience is something else that you kind of like picked up on that's been kind of successful for you. Just or like something else, like another, another um, perspective on how to approach it instead of maybe just being kind of, um, you know, not patient and kind of always want to move around and kind of leaving spots too early. But let me ask you, what other podcast episodes, if there is any, uh, have been impactful for you, especially for this season? Um, I would say the the two thirty seven with uh, Mike. Um, uh, let me say that, Brad Pinnock. Pentecost, uh, Mike Pentecost, right? yes, sir, Mike Pentecost. The the part we we tried this on a turkey. Uh, my my buddy killed is uh the pretty much the walking back where you know you let the shooter stay and then you you act like the hen's leaving. Mm-hmm. Um, that we sealed the deal on a turkey by doing that. Um, you know, just basically you know putting the shooter up front and basically act like you're leaving. Um that's worked there and then it's worked at the house with my son you know or it didn't work because a dog messed us up but basically i set my son up and you know just act like i was leaving and and every time we i would do it it's the you know they were just coming closer and closer and it it seemed like it was still in the deal so the the walking back i believe you know helped out a lot if you got another hunter to you know if you got another shooter yeah, that's something when Scott talked about that, I was like, man, that makes so much sense, especially if you're hunting with, again, it's two guys. you got kind of like the main shooter and then someone that maybe is kind of like on backup duty and uh, and also maybe is part doing some of the calling. Yeah, having that guy where he kind of, with that turkey, he hangs up. If you can slip out the back and, you know, back up anywhere from, you know, 50 to 100 yards or even farther than that and call and then swing back around, um, you know, quietly be extremely successful. So, yeah, that's interesting how you kind of implemented that as well, uh, just with some other hunts. And, and you saw some, 
saw some responses, maybe not didn't necessarily make it happen on some of those hunts, but kind of see that response. So, yeah, Mike Pentecost is a wealth of knowledge, absolute wealth of knowledge, and definitely has a lot of experience, um, you know, when it comes to turkey hunting, especially public land. But let me ask, has there been anything specifically that you learned this season or implemented this season that was kind of eye-opening? You know, you talked about the hide the hen and the patience, along with kind of do the walk back with another hunter. Has there been anything else that's been kind of eye-opening, or are those the things that really have just kind of changed the way you now perceive turkey hunting? I, I would say them are the main things, but another would, would be the uh, is being aggressive with them. You know, um, basically what I mean by that is, you know, if you do have one hung up, um, I would basically just move, sneak in close, you know, um, and basically just hop over a ridge. Um, and, you know, basically I've, that's worked the, for the Portland's Landing hunt I had this year. Uh, after we sealed the deal on the first one, you know, just basically – basically going in and sneaking in slowly and you know basically as you're walking you know scratch leaves call as you're walking um that that helped me seal the deal on one this year too so would you say that you're like uh like your strategy you're kind of uh moving in and and kind of hunting your way into an area basically that that that's pretty much how i've killed most of my birds is basically um is i would like and a lot of my birds you know the ones i've killed has been, or even the ones I've got on, you know, that I didn't get the chance to get them, would be more just getting in creeks, you know, right around nine o'clock, and just walking them creeks and calling until you strike one up. And usually by then they don't left their hens or so on, and then they come right in. Is my biggest, I would say, success is is basically walking until you strike one up. On those successful hunts uh, where you're kind of hunting your way through an area, how much ground are you covering? A lot of the tracks I hunt are small tracks. They're usually around, you know, 40, 50 acres. But I also play it on some public land. And when I'm when I'm hunting like that, it's literally, you know, I might walk seven miles a day, um, seven to eight miles a day. It's just according, you know, how much time I have. So, Jeffrey, kind of keep on going. I want to talk a little bit more about this successful hunt, especially the first one that you had messaged us on uh, in regards to kind of, you know, the listener success story, talking about, like, kind of hiding the hen and everything. Kind of walk us through the hunt and kind of play it out for us and maybe talk about why you're, you know, explaining the hunt and walking us through it, what you had, what you used to would have done given the situation, but how you kind of changed to do what you had kind of heard on the podcast to kind of be successful. Well, when I got off work, I, I, it was around 12 o'clock, so I got there about 1 to my spot. And basically what it is, it's a, it's a big cow field, and then there's a, there's a, like a wood line. It kind of does – the woods kind of like circle the cow field a little bit, and there's a logging road down that, you know, about 50 yards into the into the woods. So I walked that logging road, and I struck him up, but he was on the other side, I'd say a good 150 yards in them woods. And um, basically what I did is I set up, you know, 40 yards. Any other time I would have set up on the field. And when he comes out on the other side of the woods, he's going to see no hen. And basically he's going to he's not going to come across that field. So I set up on the logging road, I'd say, you know, 50 yards off the off the field. And he basically come right across the field. He, he strutted along in the field. I watched him for a good five minutes. And basically I just called to him, soft called to him. And finally he started working his way to me. And um, I sealed the deer, I think, at maybe 30 yards. Um, but the hide the hen, I think, is what got him. It was a little, you know, I had a little terrace to kind of hide me from me, so he really couldn't look in the woods and see right in. He had to literally come across the little hillside to to, to find me. 
Now, is that something that you can see yourself kind of using, especially for next season, just kind of seasons that come, is a little bit more kind of hide the hen and really pay attention on those setups when you find a bird that's kind of hot? Oh, yeah, that's that's the – to me, if you don't have decoys, I, I don't know if there's – you know, it's it's really hard to to – to seal the deal you know because like i said if when they come in and they if they can't find the hen and they know they're supposed to be one i feel like that's what you know messes it up that um the, you know even my last hunt you know that one come out and he he literally he 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 could see he was actually i had decoys in the field and he literally was looking directly at me you know he wasn't even really paying attention to the decoys and he could he literally went back in the woods uh because he was he was directly looking at me but i finally called him out again and he you know he finally saw the decoys but the decoys were literally 30 yards in front of him but he wasn't caring about the decoys he was looking at me so would you say that he was more like i mean it sounds like he was looking for the source of that sound more than he was it's like he could tell that the sound wasn't coming from the decoy or something that's right that's right i i set up on him because the way the way he was coming i really couldn't be you know directly behind the decoys where you know my sounds like coming from across them so like literally i had to just basically after i called him to the corner i was basically just letting him do his own you know searching but he was literally he when he come out he was looking directly for me and it, it almost didn't work but finally he caught on and and he come on out Based off what you've kind of learned so far this season, kind of implemented, maybe adding patience in certain times, but also learning how to, you know, really kind of hide the hen and pay attention to that. How is that going to change your perspective going to years to come and how you're going to kind of continue to implement that to hopefully have success, especially early next season? Um, basically just, you know, uh, just try to be patient. You know, a lot of times I'm, I'm real anxious to get in there and, and chase him, you know. And, and at the same time, it does work that way. Um you just kind of got to feel, I guess they say, check the temperature of him, you know, uh, kind of, you know, like the, the one in Portland's Landing, you know, he, he did not gobble off a roost at all. Or pretty much he gobbled to an owl call. He wouldn't even gobble to a hen call. And for two hours, or I'd say an hour, we sat there waiting and waiting. Finally, we got up and went toward where he was, we thought he might be, and we struck him up and, and brought him in. But it's one of the things I feel like if we'd have sat there, he might have not never come, you know, um, uh, you just got to kind of check the temperature of them and, and and go after them sometimes. Jeffrey, I want to I wanna hit you with a curveball. You know, first off, you know, enjoyed your story and everything with the turkey hunting, but you told me earlier while we were on the phone before we actually uh, started recording uh, that you are a big fan of our deer hunting episodes and just, again, really passionate deer hunter. Is there any specific deer hunting episodes, not to put you on the spot, but is there any specific deer hunting episodes that you enjoyed last year or guest-wise um, that you can, you kind of enjoyed. And the reason why I say this, cause we're actually going to be transitioning back to deer hunting content, uh, for Monday's episode of the podcast. So we kind of curious to put you on the spot just a little bit <laughs> and, uh, and see what kind of deer episodes you like from last fall. Um, basically, I mean, I've, I've li- pretty much just listened to, per- you know, just random ones. And, and, and a lot of times when it comes to deer hunting, I, you know, the trans the ones y'all talk about transition areas, you know, might be, you know, uh, pines to hardwoods you know that's helped me a lot you know basically finding them transition uh where they're moving through um just different just different ones you know so like so like focusing on diversity and, and travel corridors and stuff like that that's right that's right and then you know um just learning the you know the the topo of how they travel uh how they bed um just different things like that uh that, that's made me you know better and better as i go 
Well, awesome. Well, Jeffrey, we're excited, man. We're excited again that you had some success this year and also excited for all the deer content coming out. So all you deer junkies, get ready because it's about to come and hit you like a, I don't know, hit you like a freaking, I don't know, like a tornado. That's that's not a ton of bricks. That's that's so that's so lame. We got Michael Pike sitting here. We're about to knock out a podcast episode for Monday's episode. Uh, but, yeah, very, very excited for some of the future content. But awesome, Jeffrey. Really enjoyed the conversation, dude. Thanks again for coming on. And, and congratulations you. for, on your turkeys. Yeah, congratulations, man. A little killer over here. Yeah, so, for real. So, listen, I'll tell you one thing. You're a hard guy to get a, hard, get a hold of with uh, all the boys playing baseball and, and ball, man. Jeez, you got – Seems like if you ain't working, bro, you get the ball field most times. <laughs> so I appreciate but, you joining us tonight. Yeah, that's that's that's, that's usually how it is. And um, and um, but yeah, and then one more thing is I don't know if you've seen the the picture I sent you of my son's turkey. Did you get that one? Yes, yeah, I did. The one in Kentucky. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a good one. And that's one of them ones I was telling you that basically you just you know walking them creeks and calling, and we struck up three, and they all three come in. You know, just you know, a lot of people like to see it. I'm I'm more of a walk until you find one. <laughs> oh wow that must have been awesome uh, an awesome hunt for your son was, was that his first turkey that was his first turkey he's he's nine years old he he had a blast nice oh that's awesome man you can't you can't you can't ask for a better setup man for three turkeys coming in at once for your first bird that's right well listen we appreciate everybody's listening to this podcast listen to everybody listen to the listener success stories we're gonna start them back up in the fall for the deer hunting listener success stories as well but uh, jeffrey thank you again for joining us and for everybody else out there listen to the podcast make sure you tune in from monday's episode of the southern outdoorsman podcast as we transition to uh, some deer hunting content because uh, we're about to go full-fledged deer hunting. We're very, very excited. But thank you again, Jeffrey, for jumping on. And uh, we will see everybody back on Monday's episode of the Southern Outdoorsman Podcast. Thanks again, everybody, for tuning in to another episode of the Southern Outdoorsman. And thank you to Blackberry Smoke for the music for the podcast. Also, to follow along with us, make sure you check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. And if you'd like to support the show, you can go to patreon.com forward slash the Southern Outdoorsman. Until next time, y'all stay Southern. All right, guys, we're starting to get kind of close to summer here. And you know what my favorite part about summer is? The Mobile Hunters Expo. Y'all heard us talk about it a lot last year, and we actually got to meet a lot of you guys at that expo. Well, we're excited to announce we're going to be there again. This time it's going to be in Dalton, Georgia, June 28th through June 30th. We are going to be there all three days. We're going to have a bunch of past podcast guests there. We're going to have a booth where you can come by and grab some merchandise. And I'm sure we're going to be recording all kinds of podcasts there. If you're unfamiliar, the Mobile Hunters Expo is the place you need to be if you are the kind of hunter that listens to this podcast this show was literally made for you it is an excellent group of people that are going to be there a lot of whitetail killers from around the southeast are going to be there you're going to get to talk to them shake their hand learn from them in person make some connections and guys we get a lot of questions about uh, which saddle should i get which tree stand should i get what about this piece of gear what about that piece of gear How do I meet other hunters who want to hunt the same way that I do? You know, finding a good hunting buddy. The Mobile Hunters Expo is a place for all of that. So you guys don't miss it. June 28th through the 30th, Dalton, Georgia. We'll see you there.